Welcome to the Ask the Twins podcast with Joseph Cosolino and Santos Cosolino. On the show, Joseph and Santos share insights, principles, and methods about personal life skills, mindset, philosophy, and other popular topics to offer you insights to think about. Hey everyone, Santo here. If you like the show today, I would love it if you took a few seconds to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend if you thought it's worth your time and if you think it might benefit others. Thanks so much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health, well-being, psychology, productivity, business, and spirituality, we want to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything, substitute as any form of psychological or spiritual counseling, or act as any business or financial advice. Everything in the presentation is the opinion of Joseph Cosolino and Santo Cosolino. You should always check with a licensed professional about any specific health, business, relationship, or financial concerns you may have. What inspired you guys to start doing podcasts and inspiring others? So I know when I was really young and I had my really high levels of worrying and anxiety and things like that, I remember being in the basement and talking to mom and be like, oh, I just want to help people like that are going through the same things I'm going through. And I remember her saying like, oh yeah, it's really good to like help people. So that was the first memory I ever have of helping other people. And I don't know where it came from. It was just a thought I had. And then getting older, when I was experiencing the same things and then I was exposed to the whole self-help industry, it was always kind of an intrigue, you know, being able to help people going through the same things I was going through. And then what really kind of fueled the fire was a couple years ago when I discovered the healing codes and I realized everything I was learning from the self-help industry and everything growing up that was trying to help me in my situation was wrong. And I found something that really helped. And then there was this whole scientific basis of how our bodies work and why the healing codes work and why meditation is so good for you and different things like that, where it really fueled the fire be like, why why are we constantly doing all these things that actually don't help and are actually making things worse and there's so many people that are convinced that it's helping them when there's actually no scientific basis behind it helping them it's just you know people saying all these things because they've worked for some people or other people have said them and it's this this circle of he said he said she said this and it worked for these people so you should do it and it might work for you so it's this desire to kind of make sure people have all the information they need to make a good decision on what's best for their health and their life in general. And I remember a couple of years ago before I launched my business, I would be sitting around and people would talk about the health issues they have or issues they have with certain people in their life and stress they're experiencing. And it's like, oh, I have this really cool thing that really helps. And I was keeping it to myself for a long time, right? We wouldn't talk about about it with anyone and then I realized you know I'm I should probably do this you know I've been I've wanted to have my own business for as long as I can remember and I always wanted to work for myself I remember dad saying oh there's nothing like working for yourself and I really took that to heart because I I believe like there was always a part of me that wanted to be my own business owner so there's a part of me like yeah I, I really want to start this and I did, and I started sharing it with everyone. Now I look back and be like, why was I keeping it to myself, right? I didn't tell anyone I was doing this. I 
I was in a decent place. I got really bad health issues and then I got better and I didn't, I wasn't sharing it with anyone. I was like, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, keep doing this thing and my life's going to get really good. But like, no one really knows what I'm doing. Like there's you and mom and dad and you know, that's, that's it. Like there's no one who else who really knows what I'm doing. It's like, why am I keeping this to myself? Right. So it got to a point where I felt obligated to share everything I learned and everything I knew. And it was, it, it felt good after it was like, Oh yeah, you know, I do have something to contribute and I want to share this information because there's so much information being shared. That's not correct and not helping people. And people are being sold on all this stuff where there's no proof behind it being helpful for you. So it feels really good to be able to just finally speak what you know to be true. Yeah, I mean, definitely it was because we spent so much time, right, reading all the books and everything, right? And I was, I remember I was trying so hard to figure out because I couldn't, I had such a hard time wrapping my head around it because I knew something was missing. And I was, for years, I was trying to convince myself, no, this is a thing because everyone said, this is, this is the stuff. And for, I remember for so long, I was, I was like mind mapping, like crazy, trying to figure out where's yeah. the missing piece. This is incomplete. There's a missing piece and I got to find it. Yeah. And once I found this, I realized why that stuff wasn't was leading me down the wrong path. So I'm like, there's no way I can't not expand on this. And I remember seeing people, it's like, like they had these issues, like, oh, like I want to be able to contribute something where someone sees that they're like, okay, that's, you know, that's correct. Yeah. You know, that's some, that's something I needed to hear. And especially with the, like with the rest of the self-help market, it's so saturated with all this stuff that's just repackaged stuff from everyone else. It's like, this is the new thing. And it's like, this is the same as all the yeah. other stuff. Yeah. It all boils down like, to like, Oh, do this to get what you want. Like yeah. most of the stuff it come across in that industry. And that's because I want to be in a place where I start my own business. Like I don't, I don't have like, I'm writing a book, but like I don't offer services. Like I don't want people to be dependent on me. F like, for my next thing or my next thing or my next thing is like here's the information this is all you really need you shouldn't have to like come look for the answers like for me again this is all it is so i don't i never want it to be in that place where it's like other people are like oh this is the my newest thing my newest seminar five grand come to this place it's like if you found the answers you wouldn't need any more of that stuff right so I wanted just to be able to like, here's everything, like, you know, that's it. And that's what really gave me the urge to do it. It's like, I couldn't stand by it and watch like, cause I spent so much time and energy and money trying to figure it all out. And I went so, we went so far down this rabbit hole and it was just like incorrect. And it was so much, it's like from the same people even, it's like we bought stuff and it's like, okay, this is it's the new thing from the same person bought that. It's like, doesn't help. And it's like, I just wanted to be able to like, oh, here's the information. Here's everything. 
you don't get to struggle or find the new best thing because what you were doing ran out of like fuel. So I really want to be able to just help in that sense. Yeah, and it's kind of this sense of being able to contribute what you already know. Yeah, I mean, because even I just like talking about it in general as well. Yeah, it's really, for me anyway, it's really, really easy going being in this place where you don't got to try and constantly resell or repurpose stuff to help people be like, oh, I have this new program, this we got to buy, and then it's like, it's only going to work for some people anyway, so then you got to repurpose something else. Um, it's nice being able to offer something that you know works and works based on science and has a track record where even for me, the people I've worked with have always said, yeah, this has helped, right? It hasn't been like, oh, this is like a percentage thing and, you know, you you might not feel anything and like, oh, like, you didn't experience anything. Well, you know, some people just don't experience anything where it's been like, yeah, you know, this is, this has helped. You know, I was working on this thing and I've seen this thing improved every single time. Right. So it's, it's been nice knowing you don't got to repurpose anything or come up with something new. You just have something that can actually help people and be able to speak on things that, you know, can help people. And for so long, I was seeing other people where they were, they were coming out with different stuff and they were doing their own thing. It's like, oh, you know, I want to be able to, to do that, to go and like say and talk to people and say what I've learned. And for so long, I was just sitting there and not doing it. I was just keeping it all to myself. And then it finally got to a point where it's like, yep, let's, let's go do this. Are you guys identical twins or fraternal twins? So obviously not related to the last question whatsoever. But this has been a debate for... It's been a really big debate in the last year or so. I don't ever remember it being a debate, at least between us. I know talking to other people, it was a debate in high school where some people were getting into arguments about whether we were or not. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So we were going to get the test done for everyone listening, but now it feels like it's getting to a place where we want to hear what you think based on how well you know us and how we act and different things like that. So we might just start taking a poll and seeing how big it gets and then finally reveal it at some point in the future. But based on what's happened in the past and the experiences we've had, I'd be really surprised if the test came back fraternal because of all the stuff that's happened. And the fraternal twins that we do know are just really different people. I mean, if we are fraternal, we're the most identical fraternal twins I think that's ever existed. Unless there's some other ones that are more alike, which I find it really hard to find just because of the fact that we're on the same page it's not even that it's just like the weird like the weird stuff you know like it's like get, not we can read each other's minds but like just you know when I was in the hospital and you were at home and like you said that stuff to dad and I was like because I was at the hospital and you were here and I was like you know 
and even with the the music stuff where it's listening to the exact same song or at the exact same point two completely different rooms which i'm sure it's happened to a lot of people but for the amount it's happened and even with the we'll walk into a room and point out the exact same thing yeah and then you walk into like point out the exact same thing and it's just you know and the conversations with other people where i remember with the phone thing where we were showing the new phone where it's like, oh, like, I got a new phone. Like, look at all this stuff. And then I immediately oh. said, like, oh, you don't have Snapchat? And then, like, next room goes to you. It's like, oh, you don't have Snapchat? It's the exact same conversation, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that happens as often with fraternal twins. No. And the fact that we have the same interests and like the same things and process the same information and break down similar things in a similar manner. Yeah, because a lot of people say, it's like, oh, that's just, that's just upbringing, or like, that's the way you, it's because you spend so much time together, it's like, there's no, it's, it's too much the same. And people always associate it to, like, oh, you guys look different, right? And I always say, at least the fraternal twins I've come across, look really different, and you can tell it's like two different people where identical twins, you have some people that can tell them apart because you've spent years with them. So obviously you can tell someone apart after spending so long with them, like closest friends can tell us apart just from our hand. But then you have other people that run into us and they have no clue. They look at us like the deer in headlights, like I have no idea which one is which. And we, they think we're the exact same person. So I'm pretty convinced we're identical. But if it comes back fraternal, then be the biggest surprise in my life so far is reacting to someone in anger ever justified so looking at the a bigger picture of this i know there's the the big things where you know someone being severely hurt by someone or you know a child being hurt where it's kind of that righteous anger where love is being uh violated violated yeah i think in those situations that anger that you feel is justified and obviously you react to it in the most loving way you can because that's the whole thing because you know i still believe two wrongs never make a right but in each individual situation that's going to be different for everyone how you react in love, but reacting in love is always the right way to go, regardless of what's happening. Because the loving thing to do could be to protect yourself and fight back. You know, it's not like love just always sits on the floor and takes everything. No, love is protecting love and life and whatever that means, right? Uh, as long as it's done from a loving place. And it's a win-win-win scenario for everyone involved. And obviously for really complex situations, that can be a really complex thing where it's, you got to make a decision, right? Almost the most loving thing to do. But for all the gray stuff, you know, you see it a lot where someone might just be disagreeing with you or might be a little annoying or not doing what you want and all of a sudden it's just this big like anger fest where all of a sudden you can react in anger 
And it's like, oh, well, they were doing this, so, you know, it's justified me treating them this way. Or, you know, they're younger than me, so I can treat them this way. Or they're older than me, so I can treat them this way. So, I'm allowed to. Or I have this seniority over them, so, you know, I can treat them this way. And I think that's where it gets more clear. Where I don't think there's a situation if someone's doing something that you don't agree with and it just makes you feel a certain way. Just reacting in anger, I think, shows a weakness on that person's part. Because that just means you're being controlled by fear and you can't make that choice to love that person. Because you see it all the time, right? Where someone's in a situation where they make someone else angry and then that person starts, you know, saying things or doing things that makes that other person feel like they're inferior or it's their fault or there's something wrong with them when really it's just you don't agree with what they're doing or they're not even doing anything wrong. It just stirs up anger from you from your past programming where you just feel the need to react that way and then you just react that way and then you feel justified because all they were doing something so it was okay for me to do that. Yeah, I don't know what it is where it's like, oh, I don't know where we got the idea where it's okay to make someone else feel bad because they did something wrong. It's like you, they can be wrong and you can still approach it in a way that won't make them feel bad. I see it so much. It's like, you did this, not good. This, not good. This, not good. And it's just such a, it's just such an easy cop out to not want to put in the effort to when someone does something wrong, to try and not make them feel bad because of it, because it takes, because it's a lot easier just to say what's on your mind and point out all the wrong stuff and not have empathy because it doesn't take a lot of work. Yeah. And you can say, well, it's like, oh, but like I, everything I said was right and you did all, and you messed up all this time. Yeah. So I don't like, why should I put in the effort to, you know, try and show empathy? But it's, it's like, okay, but like if you mess up, what you want someone to do all that kind of stuff to you? It's like, you, like obviously you would want someone to be patient with you and show empathy and not just point out all this wrong stuff and like not. Yeah, it's like being right doesn't give someone permission to lash out in anger yeah. or to be short with someone else. Because it's the easiest thing in the world to feel anger and respond in that anger. But it's, it's really hard to feel a bunch of negative emotions and still be patient and kind to someone else, you know, because that's what true character is. And, you know, unfortunately, you see it a lot with, with parents and kids, which, you know, I can't relate to on one level because, you know, I don't have kids. And I don't know how stressful that whole environment could be. But I know from dealing with clients, the biggest issues they deal with are the issues they've had with older siblings or people older than them and the beliefs that were established because of how someone older treated them. So when you're in a position where you have so much influence to how someone feels, you know, it takes, it takes a lot, but it's so important to make sure you're not instilling beliefs in someone that makes them feel like they're not a worthy person. 
because you hear all these stories and you hear things even in public where it's how kids are being treated or it's like, Oh, like you're terrible. Oh, you're lazy. But it's like, you know, I can treat my kid however I want. Yeah. I guess it's like, I understand obviously we're not that experienced, but I don't think it's right to say those things as blanket statements to kids when they're obviously not true. It's yeah. like when they mess up, it's like, Oh, like you're worthless or like, why are you like, yeah, know, all this kind of stuff. It's just like, okay. Yeah. But like, those aren't true. You know what I mean? There's a difference between saying like, Oh, you shouldn't do the same because of this and you, and being angry. It's like, okay, that's one thing, but to sit, tell your kids to get angry and tell your kids who they are from an anger based place. I don't think is right because that's not technically true. Just because they mess up, it doesn't, it doesn't say about who they are as a person. And I've even heard the, the, the people that I've heard talk and, uh, that I've talked to that have had the best relationship with their parents always say their parents separated what they did from who they are. And I think that's where the line gets crossed sometimes where kids start associating the times they screw up with who they are as a person. And that's why you have these kids grow up and then you have these people that I've worked with where they feel low self-worth, they feel in fear and they feel like they can't do anything right because they were brought up in an environment where they felt like who they were as a person was flawed because of what they did. And they never started or were able to distinguish what they did from who they are. And I think that's unfortunately where I think a lot of people are developing those kind of self-worth and identity issues because they're being brought up in a situation where, you know, they don't, they don't feel safe around the people that are instilling all their beliefs about life. So I think being able to foster an environment where, someone's allowed to make a mistake and knowing they're still going to feel okay with themselves is a better route to go than having someone who's afraid of you. I mean, obviously I don't know anything about being a dad, but I wouldn't want my kid to be afraid of me or feel like if they screw up, I'm going to be angry with them. So they better not screw up. So they better tiptoe around, make sure nothing bad happens. I don't feel like that's the right way to go. And I also, you know, with the work I've been doing and what I've heard from other coaches, a lot of issues can stem from our feelings being minimized when we're younger. So it's like, you know, a lot of like inaction from, from a parent or an older sibling or us being upset and being like, Oh, you shouldn't be upset. Like, don't be a baby or you don't got to cry about that or stuff like that. So it's when we're in a situation where we're vulnerable when we're young, or upset or doing something and our feelings kind of get minimized and you hear it all the time with parents when they talk to each other be like oh they're just they're just tired or they're just this or they're just that and they kind of minimize how someone else is feeling when you know if we were to flip it around and say you're an adult and you your kid were to say the things that you say to them you know you would you'd ground them in a heartbeat but because we're in the situation where we have authority and power over someone and you don't even see it. It's not just kids it's in any situation in even professional life where someone's in a higher position 
and they feel like they can treat someone else as an unequal, where if you were to flip it around, there would be repercussions right away. But obviously we're in a society where age has a big factor to play in how we think we can treat someone else. And I think that's where, I mean, personally, a lot of my issues stem from, uh, whether it was in school or at home or with people older than me, and where a lot of issues I think other people that come to the Healing Codes deal with, where they're brought up in a situation that every time they make a mistake or do something wrong, or someone feels angry with them, it's like right away they need to know about it. And they start getting a negative emotion anytime anything happens. And where it gets to this point where you kind of just expect that pain to come every time, anytime you do anything. And I think that's been, you know, a really hard thing for some clients to work through because even when you're, when you're doing the healing codes uh, and any blockages you have to healing, it's like this other thing you're going to try where it's like, oh, is this going to work? Uh, or am I doing something wrong? So I think it just goes, you know, back to what I said earlier. Being able to feel okay once someone around you doesn't do something that isn't your ideal thing. Like people making mistakes around you. It's like being able to be humble enough or have enough empathy to not always show your right or re react to someone in a fearful way or in a non-loving way just so you can say like oh you're right and you know i can be justified for reacting this way because you know i'm right and you shouldn't be doing that so yeah i can do this we don't we don't have a lot of empathy for how that's gonna make someone feel on one level and how that's gonna contribute to when they get older because it's really easy to go someone younger than, me, than you and be like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And they shouldn't do that. But you don't think, be like, oh, is this going to develop a self-worth issue when they're older? Oh, is this going to be able to influence how they react at work when they get older? You know, it's, it's coming from a place of what's, what feels best and what's going to cause as little pain as possible in the present moment. And obviously, if you're an adult and someone's annoying you, your initial reaction be like, oh, stop doing the thing that's annoying me. Right? As opposed to long term, what's going to be helpful?